do you think about when you think about God? What, is, what comes to your mind when you, when you think about Him? See, how we think about God shapes our life and everything that we do and everything that we are. We may have positive thoughts or negative thoughts and it will affect who we are and what we do. But what do we think about God? Throughout the Old Testament, God gave a progressive revelation of Himself. He kept helping people know more and more and more about who He was and how He acted and what He did and the things that were going on. And then there were 400 years of silence when people longed to hear from God when they wanted the promises of God to come to pass as we even in our own day long for the coming again of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. They waited. And they waited. And then, God spoke. An angel came and spoke to a young lady by the name of Mary. And spoke her, to her the words of the living God, the creator of all the universe. And said to her that she would become the earthly mother, the vehicle through whom God himself would enter this world and become a part of our lives and everything that we are. And all the things that are there. What, how much did she understand? What did she know about what God did? What, the things that are there, the, the song that was just sung, the questions that are there, I'm sure became more and more prevalent in her life as she went through and watched her son through the birth and the growing up and through his ministry and to a cross and all that was there. What did she really understand and know? I don't know what she knew, how much she understood. But I know there were some things about God that stood out in her heart, in her mind, that she rejoiced in. And this morning we're going to look at, and through this next through Advent, we're going to look at some of the songs of Christmas that we find of the characters in, in Scripture. And in Luke chapter 1, in verses 46 through 55, we find the song of Mary. She's just gone to visit with Elizabeth. You know the story. And as she comes to Elizabeth there, Elizabeth is also another miracle that's taking place and what's happening. And there's a child growing within Elizabeth's womb and what's going on. And that child leaps for joy at the presence of Mary because of the presence of God in Mary. And she sings this amazing song. I want you to stand with me as we listen to it. I, I don't know how she spoke it. I don't know that was there. But I know there was wonder in awe. I know there was amazement in her heart, in her life, about the God that had done this great thing in her and through her that was about to happen and all that was involved. And there's some truths about God that we learn from Mary's heart as we hear this word. And so Mary gives us these words. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has had regard for this humble state of his bond slave. And behold, from this time on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He, was given help. he has given help to the Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. 
as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Would you pray with me? Father, I, I can't even begin to imagine what Mary must have felt, what was going on in her heart and her mind, and all the things that you were doing in the midst of her life, and Elizabeth and Zechariah's life, and Joseph and Mary, and all those that would become involved in such a very real sense of your coming to earth. People had waited, longed for, prayed for the Messiah. And now Mary hears the words that is, she has been chosen to be the very mother of God upon this earth. Not a beginning of God, for you have always been and shall always be. Not a beginning of Christ, for He is God and He has always been and shall always be. But a beginning of a journey of God among man in human form. A journey that would change eternity for all those who would hear and believe the story of Christmas. Father, I pray that you'll just help us get caught up in the wonder and the awe of what this season is about. That we'd be overwhelmed once again, and I know that's asking a lot because it comes around all the time, but Father, to me, that's, a, that, that's part of the amazement that you use Christmas again and again and again and again, and you'll keep using it until you come again. Father, you use it to remind us how great is the love of God for people, for lost people, for His own people. Father, that you desire so greatly that we would come to know you. And Mary sings that exaltation as she praises you and acknowledges you and, and talks about your worth. And I pray we'll get caught up in her song and join her in singing our praises to God of all eternity. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's an amazing thing when we hear what Mary has done and what she sings about and the things that are there, but two things stand out in her song that I want to focus on this morning as we think about it together. There's so much there that we can look at and think about, for it's filled with wonder and awe and amazement at the God that we serve. But the first thing that stands out to me is, as we look at it is that she says to us, as she speaks what God is doing in her heart, that God is mindful of us. That he has taken regard for her, she said. And then as she continues to sing, she says, and for all generations, not just me, but God has a regard for all people. And that word, he has us in his mind, or he has regard for us, is a word that means that he thinks about us. That he keeps us on his heart, upon his mind. He, he dwells upon us. It's not just a, a passing thought. It's not just something that comes along and says to us, you know, like you and I may do, we think of someone and, and we don't think about them again until the next time we see them or whatever the case may be going on. We don't keep them in our mind, in our heart. They don't dwell there. But what she's saying is that, that God has had her in his heart, had her in his mind, as he has had all the generations of Israel and all the generations that will come of mankind. He has us on his heart. 
He has us in his mind. He loves us. What a wonderful Christmas message for you and for me to know that today, this very day, God has you on his mind. God has you in his heart. God has you. See, the Bible tells us that he knows your name. And Isaiah says he has your name imprinted upon the palm of his hand. John 10 tells us that he knows you and knows all about you and the things that are there. He knows your name. As we look at it, the psalmist tells us he knows our coming in and our going out. He's aware of us. That's what Mary was saying. I praise God. I, I, I celebrate God because he has had regard for me. What great words for us to know this morning. That God has a regard for you and a regard for me no matter who we are. See, it doesn't matter what we think of ourselves. It doesn't matter what other people may think of us or even, in fact, if they don't think of us. Because God does. God thinks about you all the time. He cares about you. He loves you. You're always in his mind, in his heart. And that's what she's celebrating as she thinks about Christmas and, and what God has come. God has, has looked upon her. The whole world may not have known who Mary was and didn't care. But God knew who she was. And he cared. And he's saying the same thing to you and to me. I know who you are. And I care about you. And I love you. I want you to know that as I look upon you, I see a person of worth, of value, a person I love so very much that I have sent my very son into this world that he might go to a cross and die for your sin so that you would never stand in my presence condemned, but that you would look forward to standing in my presence forgiven, pure, and holy, knowing that I'm your father and that nothing can separate you from my love. That's what Christmas is trying to tell us. That's what Mary was trying to say as she cried out to that time. See, she starts out, as we all should start out, when she says, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. See, that's how we all, all feel about God. That's how we all should sense what it means as we think about God and who He is and as we think about this Christmas and how God has come to love us and to demonstrate that love to us so that we would see it and hear about it, not just know it by our ears, but know it in our heart that God loves us and God cares about us. See, this morning, I believe with everything within me that if God were here in a physical form, He would come up to each and every one of us and say to us personally, I love you. And he wouldn't just say it in words, but he'd call us by name because he knows who we are and he cares about who we are. That's what she's singing about. As she looks and as she sees the wonder of all that's going on, God is mindful of us. What a great gift of Christmas to know this Christmas. God's thinking about you. You're on his heart. He's mindful of you. He has regard for you. And he never ceases to think about you. You're never out of his mind. You're never, distance doesn't separate us from him. Because first of all, as Christians, he lives right here. And he's a part of who we are. But even for those outside of Christ who've not yet understood his great love and his mercy, who've not yet yielded to his grace and accepted his, his, his forgiveness and known him as Savior and Lord of their life, he still loves them and longs for them to be drawn to him and to know him and to experience him in the fullness of who he is. He longs for them to feel his grace upon their life. God longs for a lost world to come into his presence and accept his forgiveness and receive the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind, the grace forgiveness and acceptance of God eternal life by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that's what Christmas is 
It's God coming to us physically. He's been saying it throughout the Old Testament. I love you. I want you to come to me. He even had a people called Israel. And he said to them, I want you to be the means by which I go to the world and tell every nation and every people that I love them, that there's no other God like me. I am the God of all gods, and none can be compared to me. And I want you to be the vehicle through whom I share that message. That's what he's still saying to us, that we're to be that vehicle, that channel, That means that God shows his love in all that's going on. And she speaks of the greatness of God and exalts him. Whenever you and I pray, whenever you and I sing, that always ought to be a part. It's always a good place to start. God, I exalt you. I worship you. I honor you. Father, I just adore your majesty and your holiness and all that you are. I exalt your name above all the names of the earth. I glorify you, Father, above all things. For he's worthy. He's worthy of all of our praise, of everything that we are and all that we do and all the things that are going on and being a part of it. She says not only that, but she understood that his his might and majesty, but she understood something about his mercy. See, that mercy is God's characteristic that allows him to look upon sinful mankind and invite us to be forgiven, invite us to accept the gift of life that he gave us in Jesus Christ, to invite us to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to be made very, the very children of God. For without mercy, he could not even look upon us, but his mercy allows us to look upon us and love us and be mindful of us so much that he would give his son to Jesus Christ to bring us into his presence so that we wouldn't be at a distance from him, but rather that we would be with him. In all times, in all places, in all times, as we look and as we understand, he's a merciful God. His greatness is not in his isolation from his creation. His greatness is in his intimacy with us. He's not great because he's somewhere out yonder. He's great because he came to us and loved us individually, personally. He chose to continue to dwell within those who are his for all time. She understands the mindfulness of God. See, Christmas is a constant reminder that love can change things. No matter where we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what kind of life we may have, love can make a difference. We know that on human terms, how much greater when it's God who loves us. When it's God who sees us, Christmas is the reminder that comes over and over and over again that God is the God of second chances. That even when we fall flat on our face, even when we sin beyond imagination, that we have a God who still loves us, a God who can still forgive us, a God who can still lift us up out of the miry clay, a God who can still set our feet upon a foundation that can never be shaken, a God who can take us into his arms and say to us, you're my child and I have loved you with an everlasting love and I will continue to love you no matter what happens. That's Christmas. That's what Christmas is about. That's what she's trying to talk about as she talks about this exaltation, this greatness, this mercy, this regard that God has for us. And all that's going on, we have a God of mercy, a God who forgives, a God who proclaims the unmistakable truth that God loves us. A couple of little boys were talking, and one of them said to to his friend, the other boy, that, you know, you've been pretty bad this year. 
you know you're not going to get anything for Christmas but a sock full of switches. And the other little boy looked at him and said, no, you're wrong. This is Christmas time. And that's why Jesus came, was to take all the switches out of the socks. <laughs> it's not too theological, but it's very true. God came to take all the sin out of my heart. All that which separated me from him, he took it all. It made it possible for me to be loved in the fullness of God, to be aware of that love and to walk within it. God is mindful of us. But the second thing that Mary sang about, and so much more as I say, but just the two things I want to focus on because of time, God's mindful of us. But secondly, she said, God is mighty over us. God's almighty is what she wants us to understand. It's, she wants us to know that there's no God likened unto the God that knows us, the God who came to us in Christ Jesus, the God who spoke into her heart through an angel and brought life through her that would be an everlasting life of, of redemption as he would die for us and raise, be risen for us that we might be able to know forgiveness and life forever. He's an almighty God. There's none that can be compared to him. As we look at it, Isaiah 9, 6, you remember it says there, as it describes our coming Savior, it talks about one of the phrases it uses is mighty God. He's almighty God as we look at him. He's the almighty one. As we look at it, it's in Zephaniah, it's in Deuteronomy. And book after book after book of the Bible tells us that we serve a mighty God. Almighty God. That means that there's no one that can compare to him. His strength is greater than any other strength in all the universe. His power is more powerful than any other power in all the universe. There is not a single person, not a single thing, not a single philosophy, not a thought, not anything that can stand in comparison with our God. He's a mighty God. Folks, we ought to rejoice in that. And that's what Christmas reminds us about, that we serve a mighty God, that we have a mighty God that is over all things. Nothing takes him by surprise. He's not caught off guard. He's not unaware of what's going on in your life and in my life. He's not unaware of the things that are there. Not only is he mindful of us, but he's a mighty God who is able to achieve. See, the Bible tells us that he's able to do those things that are even more than you and I can ask or imagine. What a God we have. What an amazing, mighty God. All power is at his disposal. And because we have come to know him as the gift of Christmas, because his giftedness has come into our life and given us the gift of life itself, we have all power, all the ability to do whatever God can do in us and through us as we yield to him and allow him to be God through us in a world in which we live. That he can do great and mighty things. See, that's what the Jeremiah was talking about when he prayed that, when he spoke those great words that, that we ought to keep in our mind all the time in our prayer life, when he said, if you call upon me, I'll show you great and mighty things that you have not known. Wow. God's not only mighty, but he says, I'm willing to show you mighty things that you've never seen, that you've never even thought about, that you've never known in your own life. I will show those things to you. And that's what he did in Christ Jesus as he came. What a mighty miracle that was when God came and allowed himself to become a baby and to be born upon the face of this earth and to dwell among us as a man perfectly without sin, to go to a cross, to die for us or our sin would be paid for, to rise from the dead, that we would know the promises of God are verified forever and ever and ever that what he said is true and that you and I have life everlasting that's the gift of Christmas is that God has come to remind us that he's not only creator but he's recreator 
He's the God who can take that which we have ruined and form it anew. Scripture says it this way, for all those who are in Christ Jesus are brand new creations. All that old stuff being passed away and everything becoming new in Christ. Can you imagine a Christmas present that never quits giving? A Christmas present that no matter how many times you open it, it's always fresh and new and ready. That's what he says in Limitations. My mercies are new and fresh to you every single day. See, I can, when I open a Christmas present and I see what's in it, it's done. I've opened it. I've seen it. When's next Christmas? <laughs> but when I open the gift of grace, of love, of mercy. It just keeps coming out. It just keeps pouring forth. It never ceases. The joy of it, the wonder of it, the power of it. See, God did something that was more costly than had ever been done before with an outcome that was beyond the ability of man to understand. It's an outcome that never ends. Eternal life. The gift of God. is eternal life. And that's not just talking about duration, not talking about the fact that we lay this earthly body down, we are raised from the dead as Christ was, and we spend an eternity in heaven. It's talking about the quality of life that began in our hearts and our lives the very moment that we said yes to Jesus Christ, and we let him be born in our own hearts. And from that moment on, we began an eternal life beyond anything man can imagine. Everybody lives eternally, even the lost. The problem is they live an eternity in hell. We live an eternity in heaven. But everybody lives forever. So eternal life doesn't mean a lot unless you understand the quality of it and the wonder of it. And that's what Jesus came to show us. They're not going to get a gift of any kind. Many of them will not be thought of by anyone.
that the God we serve is the God in the throne. The God we serve is the God above all names, above all authorities. Our God is in control. Satan won't determine the end of this world. Mankind will not determine the final outcome. The Lord God has already determined it. And it will be exactly as He says it will be. When He says it will be. And nothing you or I or any other person can do to change that reality. And Christmas is the exclamation point of that. For hundreds and thousands of years, people are waiting. Then God came. For Galatians, He came at the very exact moment that we want. Christmas, folks, is God saying to you two great truths among thousands of others. One, I know you. I'm mindful of you. I take regard of you. I love you.
And yet, you're on the throne. And you're moving, directing, calling people one by one into a remarkable, miraculous relationship by allowing them to open the gift of Christmas, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I pray this morning that whatever our needs may be, that we'll trust you and we'll turn to you and that we'll celebrate you in our lives, understanding that Christmas is about this one day on Calvary. But it's about every day of our life that God has come to us with the gift of life, the promise of your presence eternal. I pray that in Christ's name.